Good morning. Thank you for joining me once again, and thank you for continuing uh, this journey through the Bible. And we completed uh, another book yesterday. We completed the book of 1 Corinthians, and so immediately uh, we turned to the book of 2 Corinthians. And once again, uh, we will do three chapters a day. And I will take a moment to summarize a bit of what's going on in your reading and then make a few comments related to a smaller portion of the text that you have uh, read. So this is a, a companion and follow-up uh, to the uh, first Corinthian letter, or that which is identified as the first Corinthian letter. Paul uh, expands and continues uh, to um, address uh, that which concerns him uh, in the life of the church. And certainly, uh, Paul being the wise man that he, had, that he, that he was, uh, is aware that yes, indeed, uh, Corinth was a unique place and time, unique church. But the issues that had surfaced in Corinth were going to be issues that would surface uh, in churches uh, throughout the epochs of time until our Lord Jesus would return. And so these letters are inspired and errant and infallible and they're included in God's Word uh, given for our instruction. Uh, in chapter 1, uh, again, one of the great statements uh, regarding uh, why it is affliction comes to the believer. And Paul's summary is that uh, he was afflicted simply so that he would not exercise self-reliance, but he would exercise God-reliance. That all of the things, and these terrible things that happened to Paul, uh, stripped away any uh, degree of uh, self-sufficiency that he might have, and it caused him uh, to have an increasing reliance upon the gospel, which is always a good thing. Uh, Paul speaks also of uh, kind of some changes uh, in uh, his plans for the for the the near future. Uh, again, a, a word about the the truth and power of the gospel, the necessity uh, within the church when there is repentance by a professing believer to again uh, to forgive, and, and then a, a fairly expansive word contrasting. Uh, old and New Covenant uh, there in chapter 3. And again, that's where we're going to take our, uh, our, our reading from today. Just verse 18 of 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 3 as Paul has outlined uh, some of the distinctives uh, that differentiate uh, Old Covenant from New Covenant. Sometimes you'll hear me uh, use the term there is continuity and there's discontinuity. Uh, there, that is, it's the same God who has revealed himself to us uh, both in all of the words of the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets, uh, the historical books, the wisdom books. Uh, that same God has now revealed himself in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there is no contradiction between Old and New Testament uh, when we rightly divide, therefore rightly uh, understand. Uh, but the uh, New Testament is abundantly clear uh, that uh, the New Testament reflects the realities of the inauguration, the initiation of this promised new covenant, which is superior in every way uh, to the arrangements of the old covenant. And that while uh, the old covenant was primarily uh, uh, about uh, external types of regulations to 
uh, codify and reveal uh, the nature and uh, the uh, desire for how God's people should live. And it was a word to preserve order among these people so that they could live together and benefit and flourish. Uh, again, the, the, there was never a way of salvation uh, that was earned uh, through meritorious keeping of that old covenant law. That uh, salvation was always a gift of God granted uh, through faith by His grace. But in the new covenant, uh, post-Pentecost, there is a greater working of the Spirit of God. It is universal in all who believe. And where the limits of the Old Covenant was the law had been written on tablets of stone, the superiority of the New Covenant is the reality that this law, this will of God, uh, this reality of the presence of God is actually written upon our hearts. And because it's written upon our hearts, we are transformed by the power and grace of God. So Paul writes this, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is spirit. And so he summarizes, again, this uh, superiority contrasting the, the way in which Moses met with God and uh, his unique uh, role as a mediator of that old covenant and uh, God primarily dealing with Moses and then Moses revealing the will of God to pe the people. Uh, now uh, we uh, come face to face to, with God uh, in the gospel and the reality is we really are being transformed. And as we live together as a church and particularly a local church, we can actually rejoice with one another. We can see something of the power of the gospel, the grace of God, transforming one another. And that's a great thing to, to see, to celebrate, to, to experience, uh, that uh, God indeed is at work. The, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, uh, the power that shall consummate uh, the age, is the power that is at work in us through the gospel uh, to transform us so that we may become more like Jesus Christ. And so again, a great word for us. I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and we will look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.